Hi, it's Lisa. Welcome back to The Healing Path, a podcast created to connect our broken hearts as we journey into honest conversations about grief and loss in our daily lives. Following the deaths of two of my children, I struggled for many years to fill the holes in my heart. I felt like I tried everything, prayer, meditation, therapy, coaching, reading, journaling, you name it. Plus, I tried a few less productive approaches as well. And after two decades of continuing to grieve, it occurred to me that maybe I'd set the wrong goal. Instead of trying to feel better by filling those painful voids, I've learned that building a life around them is a much more attainable target. A major part of this approach is talking openly about what my grief is like and helping others to do the same instead of keeping it to ourselves. With this newfound permission to let all the parts of us be here, we can feel more human and less like a robot on autopilot. So I created the Healing Path podcast with the hope that sharing our stories in a mutually compassionate environment will help us to stop working so hard to hide our scars from ourselves and others and start wearing them proudly as the medals of love that they are. So thank you for joining this episode of The Healing Path. Today, I am brand new back from a month-ish off. We're now in the month of October 2022, which is really a little bit hard to believe, but I'm a little relieved that fall is here. Um, Got some great writing done over the time that I was away, and our community is starting to grow, so that's so encouraging. Um, So yeah, and I still, I just want to give a shout out about COVID because if any of you have listened to my other podcasts or my writing, uh, read my writing on my blog, I've shared how terrible COVID has been for me. Um, I only had it for a week, but I still have symptoms. So, and they stink. So anybody else who's going through that, you know, we're, we support you as well. And uh, hopefully we're all going to feel better soon. So today I'm chatting about a brand new post that I just shared today. It's called Papa Squat. (laughs) So our son Zach lives in a beautiful one floor country home that is the last house at the end of a mile long road. The street literally ends in front of his house and the landscape becomes nothing but trees and the animals that live in the woods. It's very calming and I love spending time there with him. I actually love spending time there when I'm alone also. I was doing just that a few weeks ago, writing or doing yoga or something, when out the window, I noticed a woman walking on Zach Street past the end of the road and nearly into the woods. It's somewhat private on this dead-end road, and I usually notice what's going on outside. So I was curious about what this woman, who did not look at all familiar, was doing heading into the woods right there. I don't normally see people go past the end of that road, but she was headed off of the pavement and onto a naturally worn path into the trees and the creatures. No sooner did I wonder what she was doing than I saw her drop down to quote-unquote papa squat and relieve her need to go to the bathroom. I think that's a pretty woman reference from many, many, many years ago. So I have no issue with this. We all know that the great outdoors is one big bathroom. If it were me, and God knows it has, in all caps, been me, 
I would have chosen to go deeper into the woods so that the creepy lady looking out the window, aka yours truly, couldn't see what I was doing. But she didn't. She just went down to the end of the road and handled her business. But here's what it made me think of. Privacy. There is truly no privacy except that which we can create in our hearts and in our minds. This woman made the effort to get to the end of the road, but then didn't really seek shelter in the trees and just sat at the end of the road and urinated. Again, I wasn't so quote unquote pissed, (laughs) pun intentional, about her choice since we have all, again, all caps, been there before. When our body was doing its thing and we had to break the rules in order to avoid a catastrophe. But I imagine she didn't realize she wasn't actually peeing privately. With all forms of communication being public, digital, real-timed, and social media to the infinite degree, we have no real privacy. Our devices record our conversations and our search histories. There are cameras in the most unsuspecting places. Our text messages and phone messages are all subject to discovery at some point, and we never really get to just exhale and show up. That is, unless we are integrated. Unless we invite and allow all the parts of us to be here. Because when we practice and we learn to integrate our pain, instead of bracing against it, we don't have to worry about privacy in a sense because we are genuinely showing up as ourselves in every context. We no longer have all of the versions of us to contend with. And you know what I mean. There's a version of us when we're with our families and with our friends. There are versions of us that go out into the world to buy groceries and get gas. And versions of us that never let our pain see the light of day. And versions of us in the workplace, and even a version of us that only peeks out when we are completely alone. Remembering what version of myself I'm supposed to be (laughs) became a full-time, energy-sucking commitment, trying to host all those versions of myself. And I did that pretty well, pretty effectively for over two decades. But pain is patient. So we can keep running, knowing it will always be there in the shadows waiting for our attention and respect, or we can integrate it with our whole selves. Not an easy undertaking, but less work for sure. And since we can pop a squat with an assumption that no one is looking, but someone is always looking, wouldn't it be easier to just be that soul, S-O-L-E, comma, soul, S-O-U-L, version of ourselves, so we don't have to work so hard at hiding? My experience is that yes, we can. It takes courage, practice, patience, and humility. But I find my grief easier to manage when I just tell the truth about how I'm doing, what I'm thinking about, and what it's like to lose two children. That way, no matter who is looking, listening, or recording my digital footprint, I can just be myself. And maybe you can too. So thanks again for joining this episode of The Healing Path. Uh, And what I want to share, actually, if you (laughs) go to the blog, it's lisamcfarland.com and click on blog, you'll see that I (laughs) put a picture of the end of the road and kind of a little diagram so that you could kind of see and imagine what I was seeing. And 
there's a just a beautiful open window um, in the front of Zach's house. And, you know, often I'm here reading or stretching or whatever, talking on the phone. And um, I can see everything out there. And very few people ever come down that street. And if they do, we know who they, we all know each other. So um, that definitely got my attention. And then I realized it was a little bit creepy. So sorry to the anonymous um, person that did that. Uh, but it did bring up this issue of privacy and specifically the identity question and how many versions of us can we really manage? Um, for me, I can answer that one. I mean, one version. I'm still working toward that as a goal, but the many, many versions of myself, even thinking about, you know, when I was in a medical setting with any of my kids, you know, there was that version of just having to, you know, give your credentials. Hey, I, you know, I used to work in the PICU, but without stepping on toes, like trying to make a way for, for someone to respect you as a medical provider without actually just being a snot about it. So those things, you know, bus drive, like everybody. And, you know, in the beginning, it just seemed appropriate. And I didn't realize how many versions of me I was actually trying to host um, until I burn out, until I got so exhausted that I couldn't uh, breathe anymore, pretty much. So I did want to talk about privacy, and I think it's important, too, when we're having this conversation, to be reminded and to be mindful that we as grievers, whether we're grieving the loss of a person or a thing or a lifestyle or a dream, whatever it might be, when we are grieving, we do not have to explain ourselves. And I wish that that had come across my radar in a way that landed before I turned 50. Um, But I really do want to share that point because what ends up happening is we, we, we have all these versions of ourselves and then we end up trying to protect the people in those contexts and in those environments. So for me, that looked like, oh, I don't bring up my daughter dying. You know, if I'm meeting somebody and they ask, do you have children? I say, yeah, I have a son, Zachary. I don't, I, I would hold back information intentionally just to not make others uncomfortable. And in its most polite form, it could be a little bit benign. But if we're doing it all the time, it is not benign. It is completely toxic and it will catch up as it did with me. And so we don't want to be protecting others. And along with that is those of of your, those are the people in your circles and in our circles that care, truly care about us, that truly love us, that want to be present, that have an interest in our um, well-being when we do find someone that we trust, we should really open up. Because what I'm saying is, it only works to be (laughs) the one version of yourself around people that can support that version and not try to either tear that version down or um, not, you know, get with the program, so to speak. 
But we don't want to have to do that. And when we're grieving, it's not our job. And we're all, you know, guilty of people pleasing on some level. But in our grief journey, this is not where we want to do that. And by the way, I heard just this one more um, little tidbit to share that I heard recently, or I read recently, I think it was on Janine um, Roth's website. She's the author of um, This Messy Magnificent Life and uh, Women, Food, and God and a couple other really good ones. Um, But, you know, as she recently wrote, we cannot expect an emotion to go away and end that we never allow to begin. And she was saying that in the context of using food um, as a numbing agent, which so many of us are addicted to (laughs) food, among other things. Um, We're all a work in progress. But I really took to her point, because that is a, a very brief way of saying what it is that I am always trying to express, which is we have to let it be here. It's too exhausting to push it down. And it will wait. Believe me, I've tried. It will outweigh your entire lifetime. And if you don't ever find a way to integrate what hurts and what's so, so unacceptable and scary and unknown, then it can outweigh us. And we might miss out on the goodness in life that's still possible. We might miss out on finding our gratitude. We might miss out on using our experience to help elevate others and enrich someone else's, you know, terrible experience. If we don't let our pain have a place, it's just always going to wait for us. That's my experience. And I'd love to hear your experience. Um, I always enjoy the comments on the blog uh, at lisamcfarland.com. And um, yeah, I look forward to connecting again. It's great to be back. And until next time, stay present, stay grateful, and let's stay healing. Cheers.